The Supreme Court has refused to rescue a $5.7 billion antitrust settlement of retailer claims that Visa and MasterCard improperly fixed credit card swipe fees. The justices made no comment in rejecting appeals from the card companies and settling retailers, leaving intact a ruling that threw out the settlement. Joining us is Bloomberg Intelligence senior litigation analyst Jennifer Ree, and we've talked about this case before. These swipe fees total more than $40 billion at the center of this long-running legal battle. Refresh our memories about the issues. <laughs> well, it sure is long, and I think these card companies must feel like it's the litigation that's never going to end, because this all started in 2005. That's when these lawsuits were first brought. So this has really been around a long time. And this settlement was reached in 2012, approved by the district court in 2013, immediately ap appealed by some merchants that didn't like the settlement. You know, a lot of the merchants diverged in, in their interests here, and um, ended up going to the Second Circuit and getting reversed in 2016. So it came back to the district court district court in about the middle of 2016, and then some merchants as well as Visa and MasterCard were petitioning for cert at the Supreme Court. Jen, tell us a little more about the, the settlement and in particular why some of the uh, retailers objected to it. Well, you know, the settlement was was kind of a complicated settlement. In, in the beginning, what the retailers objected to were not only what they called you know, super competitive, artificially high swipe fees. That's the fee that the merchant pays every single time somebody uses a credit card. They pay this fee that then kind of gets divvied up amongst the banks that facilitate that transaction, as well as the card companies, Visa and MasterCard. And they objected to that fee, but they also objected to the membership rules that Visa and MasterCard instituted. In other words, if you're a merchant going to accept our our card, you have to accept our rules. And there were a bunch of them. And they felt that these rules were anti-competitive and facilitated the ability to charge this high fee. So there were two classes of plaintiffs, there were, and there were two settlements, basically, to accommodate both. One just wanted cash went for these the high fees for many years, but the other really wanted reform. They wanted going forward rules changes. We want this to be done differently. We want to compete differently. And what happened was you had one set of lawyers that negotiated the settlement. They got cash, which was started at $7 billion, went down to $5 billion because of the many opt-outs. And then you had some rules changes, but you didn't have the change to two of, of the rules that many retailers particularly objected to. You had some lightening up, but the biggest problem that some retailers had was that this settlement didn't change all the rules, kept a couple rules they didn't like, but were prohibited them any time in the future from suing on the basis of those rules. And they didn't like their hands tied that way. So what happens from here? Well, now, you know, at this point, wow, it's back at the district court. It's a new judge. So the, the judge went back to private practice who knows all about this and handled it. She took over um, Judge Brody after this settlement had been reached. So she really hasn't done much yet. So now it's in front of her. You had a lot of the briefing was done by the time, you know, even summary judgment motions were done by the time um, the original case settled. And so now what you have is she's sort of pulling things together. There have been a number of status conferences to get this going again. And you now have motions by these plaintiffs, class plaintiffs, as well as opt-outs to bring new amended complaints. They want to add to these. They, they want to bring more now. So, you know, I imagine it goes forward forward or the card companies can try to reach another settlement. Yeah, what what might another settlement look like? It sounds like it's that's at least several steps uh, uh, down the road, but but uh, you know how much how much new leverage do merchants have given that the original settlement was thrown out? Well, you know, clearly they have first thing that'll happen is it'll be 
separate sets of lawyers that will negotiate on behalf of different groups of retailers, which may have you know incentives or interests that diverge from one another. But certainly at this point, it, it's likely to include that cash plus uh, because you now have more time that they can allege in which these higher fees were charged. And and there's going to be a group of retailers that are going to want um, some of these rules changed that MasterCard and Visa, you know, have really clung to over the years. That was what I was interested in. Is there a way outside of the courts that this is going on with industry groups? Well, there are industry trade groups, you know, that are involved in this, that have been involved since the very beginning, particularly groups that represent retail associations. And, and, you know, they all have a different idea about what they want here. But I think primarily it's the really big retailers that have huge transaction volume. They want some ability to negotiate, to use that leverage they have because they have this huge transaction volume to negotiate with these companies or these issuing banks on their own, uh, negotiate their own rules, negotiate their own rates. And MasterCard and Visa thinks that would be chaos? I, I think they think it would be chaos. I think they think a lot of the benefits that they bring to cardholders, that cardholders enjoy, uh, that they might not be able to bring anymore. Uh, yeah, m- many, many issues they have with it. And we'll discuss be discussing this many, many years into the future, <laughs> I think. Um, I think we will. I, I, I suspect it's not just Jen, who, not just the card companies who think that this litigation is going on forever. Bloomberg <laughs> intelligence analysts like Jennifer Reed probably think it's going on forever, Jen too. loves antitrust. There's, there's nothing she likes better. So, <laughs> so true, Jen. So it's, this is just wonderful uh, for you, us to have you here to tell us all the time all about these cases. And that's Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst. Analyst Jennifer Ree. And if you want to follow more of Jen's coverage of litigation, you can go to BI Go on the Bloomberg Terminal.